Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 30 with Murdy with your host, Sweeney Murdy. I'm Sweeney Murdy at the winter meetings in Las Vegas. Once upon a time, these meetings were a place where big trades and big deals came fast and furious. And when big name free agents are on the board, there's a bit of a fantasy that the players will sign here and dominate the news cycle. But when negotiations drag on, the winter meetings are nothing more than a preliminary event. And that's kind of what's happening now as Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are on the market and neither one appears close to signing with a team. It was at the winter meetings in 2000 that Alex Rodriguez was signed to that 10-year, $252 million deal with the Rangers. Nowadays, a deal like that might take into January, which might be where Harper and Machado are headed as well. To take a closer look at these two star players, the seasons they just had, and what free agency has in store for them, I sat down with a pair of reporters who have covered the players for years and know them on a level better than most. Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post covers Harper and the Nationals, and Rock Kabatko of Masson follows the Orioles and covered Machado from his rookie year up until the July trade from the Orioles to L.A. Here's our conversation on Harper, Machado, and the Vegas free agent show. Chelsea, I want to start with you. Did you do you think free agency was just inevitable for Bryce Harper, or was there ever a bit of hope that it wouldn't get to this point and he would still be a national? I think it was inevitable. You know, I, I, they, they've done a lot of things along the way to kind of keep the relationship in shape. They, you know, they bought out his, his last ARB deal so they wouldn't have to go through all that. Like, they just wanted to keep things status quo so they could get to the end and say, we're good, and and they've done a really nice job of it. But yeah, I think there was no way Boris was gonna miss this miss this chance, and I think Bryce wanted to take it too. I mean, you know, you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated 15. You're not gonna pass up a chance to hit the market. So, I agree with you. I think uh, especially when Scott's your agent, you're going to take every opportunity to get everybody involved in the bidding. Rock, this obviously left your table in July when Manny got <laughs> traded, but. Did you ever think that there was a chance that Manny was going to sign, or was free agency inevitable in your mind? It was inevitable. They tried to get an extension with him early on, and then there were the knee injuries, and they never really doubled back to him. And he said he kept waiting for him to do it. And you know, then it becomes, well, there's no point in it. You let too much time pass. They already knew. They conceded. We're not going to be able to resign him. So they figured, you know what? We'll just the window's closing. We've got all these veterans. Let's just go for it. And which they decided to do these last winter meetings last year in Orlando. I spent all my time with the Manny rumors. Are they going to move them? What teams are interested? And they didn't get a suitable offer. And they decided, you know what? We're going to go into the year. We still got all these other Adams Joneses last year, Zach Britton, Brad Brock, whoever. And let's go for it. And then of course we know what happened from there. The worst season in club history: 115 losses. That window slammed shut. And he was gone. They they never made another attempt to work out a deal. And Manny is chasing that dollar. We, there are people, I said, where do you think he's going to end up? And they will say, one dollar more than the other offer. That's where Manny's going to go. How did he handle the, you know, the four months that he was there this year? I know the All-Star game was kind of a tricky situation and all the questions then because it was so close to the trade deadline. But in... As, as well as you, you've known him his whole career. How did he handle these last few months leading up to what happened in July? 
he did handle it well at the All-Star game. He was taking selfies at second base. Right, he was right, relaxed. Right. But actually, this was the best Manny that we had. He was never a problem for us, but he wasn't always the most accessible guy. Like spring training, his first aid report, there'd be the scrum. He felt like it was like pulling teeth, you know, going to the dentist. But he was much more, let's say, cooperative with the media. Maybe part of that was like, hey, I want to show I'm a good guy. I'm not a problem in a clubhouse. And he never was really a problem, but a bit of a diva. And he admitted that when, when we met up with him, uh, the All-Star game, he asked to talk with the beat crew separately. So we had a little, like, you know, double back so he could say his goodbyes. We knew that was it, which was really nice. And he did say something along the lines of, look, you guys were always really good to me. I know I'm different. Something like that. And we're like, no! Okay. But, you know, but he was much more, if you walk to his locker, great. You know, what do you need? Uh, so And he did seem very relaxed because he knows he's gonna got a big payday coming. Why should he be uptight? And he's going to, you know, play the position he they wanted to play at least with the Orioles they moved him to shortstop he was happy about that so he there was no real pressure showing where he was letting this get to him in a contract year at all and I've seen that happen Bud Norris this last year at the Orioles this free agent year he admitted he goes I got in my head and basically choked he had a terrible year never got the contract he anticipated man he was fine and he got off to a really good start no pressure Chelsea I think Bryce tried to do his best to get this stuff out of the way in spring training but I mean we all know how we do this job, and he does too. It wasn't just going to go away with one day of questions in spring training. How do you think he handled himself during the course of all this and all the questions? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's very different from what Manny went through. I think Bryce struggled with it. I, you know, he'll never say that, but just just the way he handled it. You know, he went this winter and he said, "I'm going to hit homers. You know, I'm going to do damage," and and that's a mentality he took because it was his contract year and it didn't work. You know, they had to say, "Hey, look." You're striking out a lot. You got to calm down. And then he has a monster second half because he, he stops trying to hit homers. But but there were adjustments. I think he was in his head a little. You know, anytime the New York, Chicago, you know, LA writers came in, he had to not answer their non questions. And um, it was it was just odd. And you know, when I when I hear of people speculating that you know Bryce Harper could take a shorter deal or, or hit free agency again soon, it, it just you you're kind of cringe you don't want to see him go through it again because I think it really weighed on him in a way that uh, hurt his performance early and and really kind of put him into his own little insular world where he'd put up his hood and put on his headphones and 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 not want to talk about anything you mentioned his second half how did that all start for him and and what do you think that did for him just mentally to have the second half they did when I mean we're looking at the overall numbers and the season didn't match up to some of that he's had but that second half was a little more representative of the player that you know he can be right right you know that that was Bryce when he's right he's he's a line drive hitter with power he's not a power hitter who occasionally hits line drives when he's right um so he started going the other way you know he started going up the middle I think honestly as corny as it sounds him winning the home run derby meant a lot I think it sort of reminded him that oh yeah I'm I'm special I am that guy that I think I am and um so I think that just took the pressure off I don't have to try so hard if I'm if I'm healthy, if I'm right, I'll be fine. But they had to have some serious talks with him. You know, stop swinging at pitches that aren't your pitches and start hitting line drives. And, you know, he had to consciously say, I took the wrong approach. This isn't working. And that's not something Bryce does a lot. You know, I think he's very confident in who he is. If if I do what I do, I'll be fine. So for him to adjust midseason, I think, was was a, a sign of confidence and a sign of uh, a willingness to learn we haven't seen from him, but also an acknowledgement of, all right, like, that was not good. I can't go out on this. You know, I got I to gotta earn my money. Rock, when you watched Manny's last few weeks play out, it was from afar. It was with the Dodgers and the playoffs and the World Series, and the whole world saw 
a player they didn't really like very much um, for many reasons. And the Johnny Hustle comment is going to be on his tombstone, regardless of what happens for these next, you know, 8, 10, 12 years that he's going to play for. What was your reaction watching what the rest of the baseball world saw up close from Manny in those last few weeks? I thought, not my problem anymore. <laughs> Just selfishly. Let somebody else write that. I had to write about a bat-throwing that's, incident. That's what, I hap- that's what happens with me every time I see Alex Rodriguez yeah. this day forward. It's like, not my problem not anymore. Not my problem anymore. But, I mean, that's, we, that was Manny being Manny. We saw stuff like that, and he has these lapses. And I do give him credit, whether it's a maturity thing, whatever, that it happens. But he owns up to the mistake, and he's very apologetic, and he knows he messed up. You think that was sincere, the comments that he made yeah. like weeks after? I do. I think so, because I know when he didn't run out of ground ball, and it happened a few times in Baltimore, and fans were starting to get on him. You'd have to ask Buck the question, is this going to be addressed? And Buck's like, he was already in my office after the game. I didn't have to go looking for him. He sat down, hey, I messed up. I, I know I did. In fact, Buck had a little fun with him. when He walked in. He said, go ahead and sit in my chair behind the desk. See how that feels. And Manny said, you know, I thought you'd have a nicer chair than this. And Buck said, I don't think I'm in a position to ask for a new chair right now. Sadly. No, go on. But uh, that was just Manny. And he claims, I guess, the the Johnny Hustle comment was that he meant he's not an eyewash guy. He's not going to just run hard for appearance sake if he knows he's going to be out. And yet Buck always said he used to do that when he played because he was punishing himself. I'm so mad at having a bad at-bat that I'm punishing myself by tearing up the line whereas Manny doesn't do that. And that's just something that if you sign him, you know that's what you're going to get. You're going to get Manny with those occasional lapses. You just hope he's learned from bat throwing and charging a mound, but he's not going to run out hard every ground ball. And you hope he doesn't step on a guy first base, too. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. I've, I've never Manny, seen that. I was confused. That. I was confused. I've, I've never seen that. I saw it twice in a couple of weeks from the same guy. Yeah, and that was, and it was. you would think he would be like, okay, the world is watching. I want to get this record contract, so I really shouldn't be doing these things, and yet it happens. And that's where Manny sometimes, it's just the enigma. It's like... What was he thinking? And he, I think he really does regret it afterward, but it just happens. Whether it's emotion or something else, it just happens. Chelsea, Bryce Harper's season, I mean, we talked about with first half, second half difference, but as he hits free agency, some of the things that are being thrown out there, okay, not as good a defender. Uh, his defense really took a hit this year. And some of the things that were being thrown out there, maybe to try to bring his value down, that his clubhouse presence is a little bit different there were teams in Washington that had high expectations and a star player like Bryce Harper was never able to take them over the top. Um, I guess take those kind of one at a time, but how did you see those, you know, the things that were put on Bryce now and you saw, how did you see it play out? The defense is hard to, hard to talk away. It was, it was bad. Uh, You know, he, for whatever reason, just it didn't look like he was committed I think there was some self-preservation going on with walls um, that that really you know he's always had a little bit of a thing with walls since he ran into one and busted his knee but I think it was it was inhibited you know he was inhibited this year and you know I I also think you know he was coming off a big knee injury they put him in center field he's not a center fielder and and they knew that um but, you know, he, he just he plays an interesting brand of defense where it, it does sometimes feel like he turns it on and off. And, and on the big stage, he'll, he'll throw the ball to third if he thinks he's got a shot, even if it's not the right place. So that's real. And that's probably not going away, you know, on a bigger stage or even a lesser stage. Um, 
But as for the clubhouse presence, I've always I've always thought people had a slightly unfair take on Bryce that because he is good, he must lead, and he is not that guy. He never will be. Um, he's never tried to be. Um, so you know, it's it's sort of this strange conundrum for people. You know, someone asked Boris today, is he a leader? And it's like, well, does he have to be? You know, could, is that is that what he's here to do? And you know, he's not going to be a leader. And and I think the Nationals hurt him developmentally and, and I think people will say this that they rolled out the red carpet you know if, if he was treated differently you can't period um, and I wonder how that will translate to a different organization where yeah he'll be a star but he won't be the homegrown guy that you know kind of gets his way um, and and that's not to say he's causing a stir all the time or, or whining but you know if Bryce wanted something he got it and I think um, I will be really interested to see if, if that remains the case elsewhere because I think inevitably when you have a double standard like that, it hurts your clubhouse. But that might not necessarily be Bryce's fault. You know, that, that might the Nationals I think would say that they did some things wrong there too. Bryce's infatuation with the Yankees is is well documented. Does it still carry any weight here? I mean obviously dollars are going to tell a big part of the story, but is that still a part of Bryce's story as you see it? I have tried for a very long time to understand Bryce, and I, I've never been able to. <laughs> I don't think he—I'm going to say this, and I'll sign with the Yankees, but I, I've gotten the sense he doesn't love New York as much as everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he loves the history. He loves the prominence um, and all that, but I, I don't think it's its like an obsession. Um, I, you know, I think he's, he's open to a lot of different things. Um, that being said, he, you know— He's Bryce. He loves he loves Duke. He loves the Yankees. He loves the Lakers. He loves winning. And I think um, presented with the chance to go there if it exists, uh, I think he would have to consider it very seriously. But I don't think it's all about the money. I think that's that's the Scott Boris part. But I, I do think it's about legacy and, and going to the Yankees generally doesn't hurt your legacy or at least gives you an opportunity to really elevate it. Rock Manny has supposedly told people that you know, he would love to go play for the Yankees. That's something that leaked out in, you know, months ago. Uh, but there are a number of people in Philadelphia who have stupid money to spend, apparently, and have come from, have ties with Baltimore and have ties with him. Uh, so is this the, is this the tug of war here, Yankees-Phillies, as far as, as far as you might think with Manny Machado, or is there, are there other teams out there that, that could play in this? I think there are other teams. Scott Boris isn't involved in this, but there will be a mystery team. We just know that. It's tradition. Someone's going to be a mystery team. And again, it goes back to, you know, I know Manny would love to go back home to Miami. I just don't think the Marlins are going to put him <laughs> yeah. that money. But in his perfect world, he'd be playing in Miami. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, he does crave the big stage. And that's why I think New York would be perfect for him, why I think he really liked L.A., Philly, it's a bit of a different stage, but and also I think Philly has a shortstop now, right? Yes. So he really wants to play short, but let's go back to the money again. If the Phillies blow away the other offers, I bet Manny plays third base. And Manny is a difference maker at third. He is a good shortstop. He was a better shortstop in LA than Baltimore. People were saying, ah, it's back to the analytics. The Dodgers had him positioned better. But I think also he just got more comfortable playing as the season went on. He had to kind of relearn short a little bit, beginning with the Orioles. Even his training in the offseason when he was told he was going to be a shortstop, he had to change his body type a little bit. It was different. But I know he wants to play short. I've talked to people that say he's the best third baseman I've ever seen. And I I think it really, in the end, hurt the Orioles that they did move him. They should have left him at third, tried to get another year out of J.J. Hardy, whatever. I'm wandering off here to your topic, but uh, but I do think that there will be other teams. But how many teams can though? How many teams yeah. realistically can jump in a bidding for 300 to 400 million? 
I want to go back to the shortstop thing. Why is he so stuck at shortstop as as his destination when you talked about how valuable he is at third, and there are teams that would like to see him at third, right. I'm sure. What it, I mean, I assumed last winter that it was about positioning himself as a shortstop would mean more dollars. Mm-hmm. But what is it about shortstop that is he's stuck on? Yeah, I think he, he just loves the position. Maybe it's the cachet, the glamour of being a shortstop instead of a third baseman. That's a position he always played in the minors. They moved guys like Jonathan Scope was a shortstop coming up with him. They had to put Jonathan at third and low A ball or A ball. Then they moved him to second later. They kept making room for Manny at short. And the only reason they put him at third is that season, 2012, they were desperate to improve their defense. They didn't even know if he was going to hit. But Bobby Dickerson, who, by the way, is still looking for a job, he's (laughs) one of the best infield instructors in baseball, uh, worked with him quietly at Bowie in Double A. They would wait till the, like early when no one was in the ballpark. They'd have a couple other players come out too, so it didn't look too obvious. And worked with him at third because they couldn't stand another game of uh, Wilson Bediment or Mark Reynolds or whomever at third base. Yeah. And Manny handled it much better than you would imagine. I mean, this was a crash course in third base. And you look how he took to it. But he would get bored at third. He made no secret. He would tell Bobby Dickerson that I just get bored because it came too easy to him. And when he really took off the one year was right after, I think it was the bat throwing incident. And he said something like that woke up the beast. So that became a running joke where each day, hey, man, is the beast awake today? (laughs) Imagine being so good that you just get bored at your position. And you could see sometimes the body language. And sometimes he'd make mistakes because he just was not as engaged. And that was one of the reasons that Buck said we should move him to short because he will have to be engaged. That's really where he wants to play. He'll get off to a better start at the plate as well. And that's what they did, and there was no more hardy for him to defer to. So he, but he, he's always loved shortstop. There's a lot of money that's going to be thrown at both these two guys here relatively soon. You know, probably not in the next couple of days, but within the next few weeks as we get ready for uh, for this season. You know, it's life-changing money. It's franchise-changing money. And with it comes a lot of pressure and scrutiny that they haven't seen before. Chelsea, I'll start with you. Is Bryce ready for the everyday pressure that comes with a contract like, a contract like that that we've seen go to other, other stars who've gotten this kind of money? I think he's ready in the sense that he's experienced this kind of pressure forever. I mean, he's one of those rare people that has had these crazy expectations and met, hasn't disappointed them, I think, um, which is really hard to do because you can't exceed them when they're that high. But I also think that he's never had to be the guy in Washington. As absurd as that sounds, he's had people around him to answer for the team's failings or or even for his. And, you know, Jason Worth, Ryan Zimmerman, Max Scherzer, those guys are the, the leaders. Um, they've, they've been the ones there at their lockers after every game. Bryce, not that Bryce wouldn't answer, but he's never had to be that guy, you know, to kind of assess the state of a franchise. So I'll be interested to see, you know, if he goes to a clubhouse where there aren't those stars or, or where, you know, the money's there and, and everyone's going to want to talk to him every day how he handles that because I, I I don't see him enjoying that um, which again is is fine but it, it's part of it so I, you know I think it'll be really interesting um, but he's not a guy who's going to want to be talking every day and and you know speaking for his teammates or anything I think he's he likes to do his thing go home and and hide might be a few more clown questions bro, yeah, right exactly. as uh, exactly. Rock you same thing is Manny ready for all this scrutiny see I really wonder how Manny is going to handle with that kind of money if he gets off to a slow start. If he doesn't run out of ground ball, let's say, not to stereotype, but you're at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. You're in the Bronx, and you jog up the first base line on a ball. How is that reaction going to be? How is he going to handle if it? How is he if gonna... you're one for 30 also. Yes, yeah. oh, exactly. Yeah. And the media pressure that's going to be – I heard it's a little different in New York than Baltimore. <laughs> no, we're softies. A little bit. I, swear. Yeah, I know there are only a couple of you that cover the team. <laughs> so I, I question how he would handle that. That's why sometimes I think he may – 
look back later and say, wow, I had a pretty good in Baltimore. I think he thinks that now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he, he might recognize that more when that pressure is intensified because he, other than some of the booing when he wasn't running out of ball here and there, he's beloved in Baltimore. People are so upset that they didn't, you know, weren't able to keep him. You don't get that kind of a talent coming through very often. And, you know, you, again, it's going to be different in Philly. It'll be different in New York or wherever if he struggles early and any time he does have one of his moments where we question what was Manny thinking and how is he going to handle that one last one for both of you I want you to tell me where is the best fit for this player not where do you think he's going to end up where do you think he's going to sign but it's open out there you've got 30 choices where is the best fit for Bryce Harper right now I think LA I think if he could go there he would in a second I think that's why you know their their place in all this is so important but he loves, you know, he loves the West Coast. It's his family's at every game in LA. His dad's behind the batting cage. You know, he's met all the stars. He kind of loves that that glitz, you know, that's out there. Um, he he, spends, he likes Huntington Beach. I don't know why, but he brings it up a lot. So it's it's just a, I think it's a it's a nice fit for him um, if the money's there, and you know maybe it will be. But if I had to say, you know, where would Bryce Harper be? Just kind of elated to be for a long time. I think LA is probably the spot. I spent a New Year's Eve once on Huntington Beach. It was quite lovely. <laughs> uh, Rock, where's the best place for Manny Machado to end up? Well, it won't happen, but Miami would be the best place because that would be home. Right. That would be very comfortable for him. His family there, maybe some people that can ground him a little bit if they need it, mm-hmm. if he needs it. And it wouldn't be the exact same kind of pressure. And I think that it would be, I think that comfort zone for him would be perfect, but it's not going to happen. But if you could just say, hey, I'm going to give you stupid money, right. Miami would be the perfect spot for him. So do you have a plan B? I mean, Chelsea mentioned LA. That's actually quite possible for Bryce. Is there a perfect spot? for Manny that is in the realm of possibility? It would be Philly again if he's okay with playing third. And who knows, eventually, I mean, the contract's not going to be for just a few years. He could eventually go back to short, I mean, you know. But I think Philly would otherwise because there's so many people familiar with him there. And it's a little bit of a smaller stage for him. But still, he would he could be the guy and he would be a much He's still such a good third baseman. I think you would get so much more out of him at that position. Uh, but... The fans there can be unforgiving as well. So no matter what, a place like that, L.A. or New York, certainly, there could be issues if he does get off the slow start or if he jogs out a ball. But I think Philly would really be a good fit because so many people there know him and know what to expect and it wouldn't be as big of a shock. Wait, man, he didn't run out that ball? Well, we saw that before, and we still love the guy. He's still going to put up huge numbers. So I think Miami, if we're pretending, and Philly more realistic. My thanks again to Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post and Rock Kabatko for Masson for their insight and expertise on the jewels of this year's free agent class. Where they land, we will wait and see. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.